Hello fellow adventurers. Before I start this episode, I want to talk about a cool project. I reached out to a company who has just started a Kickstarter on a new setting and campaign for the 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons. This is not a sponsorship, just me wanting to help out the community. In this project, Veil of Ruin, made by Project Darkwater, has made a really cool apocalyptic setting based in the jungle setting of Orman. The story has you go find the last corrupted source of water to bring life back to this planet once more. Will you find it, or will you meet your doom? Please go check Veil of Ruin out on Kickstarter. Link will be in the description. Now... Let's get back into the episode. You wake up with your party. Around you is not the same place you were before. A strange forest of dead trees is all around. A heavy mist clings to you. As you succeed on your perception check, you notice that the fog isn't normal. Its tendrils turn into skeletal hands, trying to grasp at you, but they disappear. Your heart fills with dread. You look at your friends. They seem equally as scared. What is this place, Anna? She looks around with panic in her eyes. I don't know, she says. Then you see it, a path, potholes strewn across it. Durbin, Illyro, Anastasia! I found the road! They run and catch up to you. As you head down the road, it starts to cling to the side of a cliff. Thunder booms out. With a flash of lightning, you see a castle peering above a village. You know nothing good is in this strange land. As you go to the village, you see dancing lights leading towards a tavern. The first thing in this land that has brought you joy. You open the door and see a man with a smile on his face. And he says, Welcome, adventurers. You must be new to the land of Barovia. There are many things to fear here. But you are safe. So, come in, grab a drink, and rest at the DM's manual. Hello, I am Jeremy, your host and dungeon master. Today's episode is all about modules. Last week, I briefly touched on homebrew, and I would love to do more to expand on the exploration of it, clear some things up, and I'd love to answer some questions. But today, we are going to talk about pre-made modules. What is a module, you may ask? Well, it's a story or campaign setting written by another company or a person. The goal of a module is for a DM to bring a story to their players without having the DM work from scratch. There are wonderful tools to help inspire and even help struggling dungeon masters run a story for their players. My main focus is on Wizards of the Coast modules. I'll briefly talk about Curse of Strahd, Ghosts of Saltmarsh, and Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Spoiler free, of course. But I'd love to do future episodes to help DMs run a Wizards module more successfully. But also separate episodes for players to explore more of the settings that they would be playing in. So not to spoil the module. So to start this week's episode, I want to start with talking about the players about the modules. What to expect from them and what you can do in these pre-made worlds. As a player, how do you prepare playing one? That's something you probably would ask yourself. 
Well, you play a critical role playing in one of these worlds, one of these stories. So how do you build your character? Like, that's a huge question. If you're brand new to Dungeons & Dragons, I'll be making a future episode for you on how to make one. Even if you're experienced in making a character, maybe you can learn a few things from that episode. So keep your eye out on that. I'm really excited to be making that one. So first things first, when you are building a character, you want to build one that is fitting of the setting. To fit in the setting, you want to go in knowing at least a little bit of the campaign you're going to be playing in. So that will be talking to your DM, or if you're looking on Roll20, or any online uh, forum like Reddit for a game, there's going to be DMs. There's hopefully a brief description of what the campaign is going to be, so that you can go in confidently knowing your character concept will be a good fit. So for example, if you're going to be playing Boulder's Gate Descent into Avernus, but then you make a character who is made for a seafaring adventurer, I'm sorry, but you could make it work, but I feel it'd be difficult. That character is probably not going to do well, and you may not connect to that character or really the story at hand. So you really want to make sure that when you are making that character, that you can bring something to the table that's going to help your DM bring life to the module. As I will be talking to you DMs in your segment, this is a very important thing for you as characters to help your DMs. When you're building a character, no matter who they are, keep this in mind when you're building them. How does their skills make them who they are? I know this is more of like a character builder thing, but I feel when you're building it to a module, when you're building it to a pre-made story, having a look at their skills is a key way of making a fun, making a more interesting character. So let's say they have a high investigation. Maybe you make your character's backstory that they're a private eye, so they have this keen eye for details that when they're when they're looking for things to find in a dungeon or even when they're looking, take Waterdeep Dragon Heist. That is a great one for investigation and also just creating a character like this. Because in this module, Essentially, you're looking for this horde of dragons. In Waterdeep, the dragons are the what they call their gold coin. So it's this adventure on finding this hidden vault. And oh, so much more. This module, this campaign setting, it's so rich with so much. And it also has a very handy guide in the back telling you as the players what Waterdeep is like and what you can do as a player in that setting. So if you are going to be playing in Waterdeep Dragon Heist, I definitely would check Wizards of the Coast website because they probably have the docket on there so that you can download, read the laws of the city, read the culture, read everything so that you as a player can bring that improv, you can bring that fresh light to this campaign. Also, it would help uh, bring all your other players in, your other team members. Also, your DM can now 
play this part of, okay, now these characters know what they're doing and they know the setting. So you can go, oh, I know there's this store here. I want to go there. And you can also take that lead because if there's one thing that DMs love more than anything is having a player take some control and go, hey, can I do this? Hey, can I go here and I want to do all these things? And as a good DM would see that and be like, yeah, okay, now I'm going to roll with this. And it's a great way to initiate this sense of adventure and sense of camaraderie and inclusion of just everybody's building this story. It's not just the DM building the story now. It's you as players because this is... So you can come into this story as a collective storytelling and there's nothing more rewarding when... You as players come to the DM and collaborate and you build this world, you build this story together because a good group would do that. Not saying if your group doesn't do that, that they're doing something wrong. I'm just saying that when you are playing, it should include the DM. It's not a DM versus the players. It never should. So collaborate together, work with your DM, work with one another what you want to do in this story. So with that, like even when collaborating, sometimes it's really fun to get out of your comfort zone, challenge yourself. So with that collaboration, talk to your DM like about your character that you're going to be creating in this world. So when you get out of your comfort zone, let's say you are used to playing the most chaotic characters maybe instead of making your typical character maybe go for something the polar opposite maybe play a lawful good instead of a neutral a chaotic neutral because one of my favorite things that I learned when I was a player is there's always this great memory around my table uh, that meets at least once a month that good old Midrid. I usually play a good chaotic character and I never really play that lawful uh, good character. So Midrid, he is this hero looking for valor, looking to do the greater good in this world and has a heart for everybody. He sees the good in just even the evilest of people. So he will go out of his way to do what he thinks is right, what the law says is right. So I really had to struggle with that because I wanna do chaotic things. I wanna go out there and just have fun, be silly. But Midrid, around the table always gets brought up because unfortunately during the night the dm brought a manticore flying overhead so the party just hides in bushes hides in trees and midrid grabs his shield 
puts it over his chest because he can't he doesn't have enough time to get out of his sleeping bag and roll into a nearby bush because there wasn't any so he pulled the sleeping bag over his head put his shield over him and hoping he wasn't going to die at the hands of the manticore in the sky well unfortunately he died in his skivvies and in his sleeping bag it was a sad day that Midrid died, but it gave me just such a opportune moment to reflect on this character I made that I went out of my comfort zone to work with the DM, to work within myself, to get there. And I really enjoyed that, that character because it was so different from what I usually make. And there's no really good way to transition into this, but I want to also uh, take this moment to talk to you as players. As a DM, I'm a forever DM. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for almost five years. I've played on and off being a player throughout the years, but it's only a handful of times I've actually been a player. I'm what you call a forever DM. So I have been doing that a lot longer, but I still have a joy for being a player. So what I want to talk about right now is metagaming. If you don't know what metagaming is, here's what it is. In role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons, a player is metagaming when they use knowledge that is not available to their character in order to change the way they play their character. So usually to give them advantage, usually you, you'll see these players playing in uh, games that are not roleplay heavy or just want to go through a dungeon. Even that, it's still iffy. Uh, I personally wouldn't recommend metagaming because it would take away the challenge of getting out of your mind and thinking what is my character thinking? Such knowledge of mathematical nature of character statistics or stats of creatures that the player is familiar with but the character has never encountered. In general, it refers to gaps between the player knowledge and the character knowledge which the player acts upon. When you're playing in a game of Dungeons and Dragons, try eliminating so you know that, oh, it's a zombie. It's going to maybe rise back from the dead if we don't like destroy the brain or whatever your character might not know that because they may never have come across a zombie so when they come across new monsters when they come across new situations think about what your character would be doing so in a module there are so many things that is like thrown at you as players that having a meta knowledge of certain situations would help you but what if your character didn't know these situations how would they proceed through these combat encounters these puzzles and try getting into your character's mindset so if that is taking a moment just to close your eyes and imagine what your character would do do that take your time if you feel rushed, just let your other players, let your DM know that, hey, can I have a moment just so that I can 
think about what my character would do in this situation, especially because some of these modules, like Curse of Strahd, especially um, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, they're going to get you in moments that you're going to be stuck. You're not going to know what to do as a character. So I want you to actually take those moments, breathe, talk to your DM, talk to your your friends and go, hey, I just need a moment here. I want to get into what my character's headspace would be. So like with metagaming, I want to let you know like D&D is about leaving life out, trying to get out of the monotony, t- trying to escape and also just enjoying this game with your friends. That is what's most important about when you play D&D that everybody is having fun. Not just you, but everybody. If everybody at the game table is having fun, then really, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong about it. So let your characters just go wild. And finally, what I really want to talk about here, I think this is a great way to end this uh, topic for you players, is... Sometimes when you build a character, you aren't going to connect with them right away. Because sometimes you don't connect. Sometimes it takes five sessions for you to finally connect with that character. So what I say is just don't give up with that character. Try fighting it through. And if nothing else, if it doesn't work out, if you know in your heart, in your mind that this character is not vibing with you. It's just, you just don't feel that connection. Be open with your dungeon master. Be open with your players. Don't let them force you to keep your character if you're not having fun with that character. But also be open with them saying, hey, I'm not having fun here. Can I roll up a new character? Hey, dungeon master, do you think we can kill this uh, character or just send off the character to do their own thing so that there can be a natural transaction. So dungeon masters, I do not recommend killing off the character unless it they're in a dungeon or in a predicament that you can't see them leaving alive. So like, but if they're like in a city or if they're out on the road, you can just turn that character into an NPC now. Now you can kind of have fun. Your characters now know that uh, that character NPC. And now you can bring them in every once in a while. So your character is... Your, sorry, your player essentially gave you a new NPC that you can play with. But be respectful of that character because your friend has actually put effort in a backstory put effort in this character so if you do decide to do that be respectful of them and now with that dms it's time to talk to you if you're brand new to modules i want to let you know just have fun with them And you're probably asking yourself, okay, we're talking about modules. 
this is a little overwhelming. Okay, that was wonderful with the players, but where do I start? Like, there are so many modules out there. Where do I start? As a personal recommendation, I would say go for Lost Minds of Thandelver, Curse of Strahd, or Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Those ones I find are so much fun and they all give you something to equip you with your to put in your tool belt because Lost Minds of Thandelver if you're brand new it gives you a nice layout of the rules how to run a module and is a great way to begin as a dungeon master in Dungeons and Dragons also bonus to that one it has a small rule book and pre-made characters so if you really want an easy job to just play you got it but for like curse of strahd that's such a sandbox so let's say you as a new dm want to play a game that's more open you want your players to like have free roam and you as a dungeon master want to challenge go for curse of strahd if you love a gothic horror, if you like classic vampires, werewolves, and just the most depressing thing in the world, but also like it has so much depth to it, go for Curse of Strahd. But if you also just want a short module just to have fun, throw out there, Waterdeep Dragon Heist has got it all. It is by far my favorite module to run. I haven't ran it all the way through yet, but I've read it. I have had so much fun prepping it. And oh my goodness, I don't want to spoil anything here at all. But if you do get Waterdeep Dragon Heist, you will have a blast. Your players will have a blast because you can also play this one at least four times and have different outcomes. And oh my gosh, like... I cannot tell you how much I love this one. I wish this one would have been an introductory uh, Lost Minds of Pendelver with characters, dice, and just kind of a box set. Because it is, I honestly think it's that good. I'm having fun. My players are having fun with this one. And the characters that they give you, the beginning is so well written. And... Overall, story-wise, it's just the best. I'm just trying hard to explain what it is without spoiling it. I would say, look at those ones. See what one stands out to you. I've played Curse of Strahd at least five times now. I've ran it five times. And I've done different things to change it up. And each time I play a module, each time I run a module, I always do something different. And make it my own. So when you're going to play a module, let's say you pick Waterdeep Dragon Heist, before you go into the module, run a session zero. If you don't know what a session zero is, a basic view of what it is is to create expectations. Put guidelines of what kind of game you want to run. It also helps the players learn the rules to what your DM style is. So if you're someone who likes to do more combat heavy, or if you're a role play slash story uh, dungeon master, this is a great way to let your players know 
who you are as a dungeon master and let them have time to go, okay, is this a game I will vibe with? Is this one, especially if you play online and you're going to be playing with strangers, this is a great way for them to know, oh, okay, this isn't going to be a game for me. I'm going to leave. And don't take it personally at all because everybody has a different play style. And everybody's going to have little variations of different play style. But that's when you as a dungeon master uh, take those moments in learning their play style and giving them that. So if you have someone who's more combat, who wants more combat and strategy, give that to them. But you have on the other side someone who just wants to fully role play. Do the best of both worlds and have some role play within the combat or just give the role play at these points and make it clear when you're going to role play, when you're having combat or the strategic stuff of having the game and really just listening to your players and giving them what they want. I will be making a more in-depth episode on session zeros. I really think it's critical to any success in a game. Uh, You'll be surprised on how much this helps clear things up and how much it helps your players as much as it helps you. So back to modules. What they are going to be for you is they're going to be guides. You can use them as close to the source as much as possible, or you can use them as an outline for an adventure you're currently running. For example, I'm running Boulder's Gate Descent into Avernus, and I'm not going to get into it, but the beginning is not the best. So what I decided to do is after a while of playing through the beginning as is, I wanted to add a point where I'm going to grab Ghosts of Salt Marsh because my players are going on a little seafaring trip to a different town. And in this, I thought this was going to be a perfect moment to break open this book and actually give more substance to this story. And I don't know when I was going to ever play this Ghost of Salt Marsh and opening it it's got stories it's got like other adventures that you can take out put in so what i did is i took two stories from ghost of salt marsh and put it in descent into avernus and so far my players love it they wouldn't notice if it was part of avernus or not because you just use it so seamlessly much like doing that Mix and match modules. Let them have them start in, say, Tomb, Anni- Tomb of Annihilation, then whisk them away to Barovia in Curse of Strahd, where the time is in an essence in Tomb of Annihilation. But now, they have to defeat Strahd, but we need to stop this death curse. It adds this pressure to your players. It creates this tension that when they're in this other land now, and they really want to save their friends back home, just look at Curse of Strahd, take little bits. So take them to just Castle Ravenloft where they have to beat Strahd. And then once they beat Strahd, they wake up in the jungles of Cholt. It's things like this that you can do with modules. They're so flexible. They're so fun that 
It gives you ideas. It should give you inspiration. If you are a DM that's uncomfortable with doing this, then just play the module as is. And I want you to just go through it. If you have a party and you run through a module and you complete it to the end, now that you've played it all the way through, what I want you to do is actually play it again with a different group because now you can you know what you're doing and now you can add your own unique spins to it because my first game I ever run as ran as a DM is I ran Curse of Strahd so that's the first one I ever did I learned a lot from there I had made so many mistakes and I made so many successes and I learned so much that in my future playthroughs through it that I kept adding things or taking things out because I didn't think it would work. So one of the things I added to Curse of Strahd is there are the dark powers of Barovia. They're this ominous, like, deity kind of thing that affects the land. Because there is such little knowledge on who the dark powers are, I decided to make a bit more sense of them. I actually turned the Dark Powers into the Seven Deadly Sins and had them fight over the player's souls and bring them to their servitude. So it's these kind of things that you can add to your modules that are from your mind and you can bring life to them. Not that they don't already have life. There's so much lore and so much to them that you can run them on their own. There are some that I will go over in future episodes because I want to talk about modules for you DMs and players to run through it. For you players, these episodes are going to have just a small part for you. I'm going to separate them just so that you know what you can prepare for your DM. And for you DMs, I'm going to have a longer, like a full-fledged run through of the module so you can listen to this to that episode and go okay i have a basic rundown on what this module is and what i can add what i can't uh not what you can't <laughs> who says you can't add a module or i add add stuff add stuff but get you a good idea of what you're going to be running also modules are flexible and you can mold them they're not this rigid thing Yes, it's a book. Yes, they give you ideas, but use them for your benefit. Use them on how comfortable you are with using them. Also, the great thing about modules is they cut prep time by a lot. Reason why I prefer doing modules over homebrew, even though I love homebrew, but reason why I love modules is because it cuts that prep time down because now I know that if I need to alter this combat of five wolves for my two players I can just go five wolves is too much that's going to kill both of them okay let me put uh the three wolves in there and that should be a good challenge for them when you're actually looking through the module skim through the book so that you can get a main idea of what you're running from beginning to end and when you're running through it read the part in depth before you actually run that segment also let's take i'm going to talk about curse of strahd a lot because it's just such a 
good example. Curse of Strahd is a sandbox, so your players could go to places that you haven't prepped. The first part in Curse of Strahd is the village of Barovia. There's a lot to do there. There's the tutorial level, which I love having fun with. And in my Curse of Strahd episode, I want to run you through my tutorial episode, what I actually changed in there, maybe give you ideas for that. But anyway, read what is in the area. Read that chapter. If there's a part that references it to the appendix, read the appendix, read what that is. So when your characters take that turn, which it will, then you're prepared because then you can think fast. You can go, oh, my players are going there already. I wasn't planning for that this session, but I already know what's going to happen there. You can take whatever you prepped. Maybe there's something that's very flexible and you can put it where they're going. So now your prep time hasn't been a waste and gives them something to do. Use that and read the module, skim through it. And sometimes what I like doing is skimming through it so I know a basic idea of what the story is going to be but I'm there with the players. I'm going through the book with them. I'm going chapter by chapter or dungeon by dungeon. I'll read it a couple days before or during that week so that it's like, oh, so this is what they're going to go through and it's still fresh with you and it's going to be brand new to them. That's what I personally do is my prep time is maybe an hour out of my week or the day of actually playing. I am good at improv. I'm good at thinking on my toes. My prep, I've learned quickly in my time when I first started that I'm like, oh shit, I need to be quick on my feet. I learned to be quick on my feet because you never know what your players are going to do. Now for the dungeon masters who don't want to run a module, but want to do a homebrew, what you can do is Buy one of these modules and take dungeons, towns, encounters, put a little bit more depth into it. Take the Wizards of the Coast book, Tales of the Yawning Portal. If you have a homebrew campaign, this is a great book because especially if you're stuck on making a dungeon, take one of the dungeons out of there, go, oh, here's a dungeon, splat, and put it in because one, it takes away your prep time. Two, it also, if you're not good at making dungeons then bam you have one reskin it uh, make it feel more fresh and maybe add some new lore maybe you i want to gut the monsters that are in there put your own in there it's a great way for you as a dungeon master in a homebrew setting to take modules put it in yours so that you can put a fresh feeling in there so that your players won't know especially if you have more experienced players or players who've played the modules before and you reskin them or something to make them a bit different they're going to thank you for that because now they may recognize a few elements but now there's something fresh there's something new it's just like oh that's new that i did not expect that because i've ran this before or i played in this before that is what I want you to do if you're playing, putting one in a homebrew. I feel like modules also give you a good inspiration on what to do for your homebrew as well. Talking about modules, 
always excites me because of what can be done to them. I hope you have learned a lot on how to improve your games, how to get your character ready, and how to run your modules better. There's so much I could say about this topic, but I don't have much time. My time limit is coming up. So if you have any questions or would like to leave any feedback, you can email me at dmsmanual at gm at gms yeah uh, at gm you know game master no dungeon masters manual at gmail.com or you can leave a message off at my anchor website also if you want updates on what's going on in the life of your dungeon master check me out on instagram at dms underscore manual and just remember if you need a place to rest your weary head Please come and rest at the DM's manual.